This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real-world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. You know what's funny about the business that I'm in is that it has changed so fast that all of a sudden I find that I'm talking about things that I'm not really passionate about. I hate to tell you about that because like after I had George Kennedy on just now for the last 30 minutes talking about that new Mercedes-Benz EQS. I was like, Ooh, okay, enough, 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 you know, but it's like, wow, here we are in almost like George Jetson's era. It's like the cars are the next thing they'll be flying on. There goes George Jetson. So all of a sudden, am I passionate about this? Will I still be passionate about the car companies that I was passionate about before the electric car era? Well, I got to bring my buddy Josh Hancock on to talk about this a little more. The man from Hollywood, the Hollywood car consultant that matches cars with characters and all things film and television. Josh, this is a good question. Welcome to the show. I wonder how passionate people will be about the cars and the car companies when they're, you know, making synthetic noises. And dare I say, we'll start with Dodge because Dodge is a sponsor. They've got, I mean, they've got some badass machines right now, right? I mean, the Hemis, the, the, the Demon that I had, the Viper that I had, they were all massive horsepower. Even these, like the, at SEMA in November, they're going to be showing the final one of their final seven, the, you know, big horsepower cars before they venture off into some electric cars and things that they've started showing the world. They've got these synthesized noises, but I wonder, will the audience follow them? And, th- and that is really a big question. I'm sure they also wonder about too. What do you think? Is there a moment for me to talk? I'm going to give oh. you a moment to talk right now. I mean, it, it, it took so long to get the question out. We're about to go to an ad. Hold on, commercial break coming up. Uh, they, they, you know, uh, your friend Tim Kaniskis, who uh, the head of Dodge, came in and saved the company by making them the performance brand. Right, right. They are a muscle car brand. I drive a muscle car every day. I love them. Yeah. And I love Dodge muscle cars. And so your question is very apt. Will... Those people, and not me because I'm jaded, but will the muscle car people say, oh, yeah, I I love, I mean, look, the designs of the new Dodges that they've shown us are are beautiful. I mean, they, you know, they would be the evolution of their muscle car if electric wasn't on the spectrum. Let's put it that way. These designs would be new V8s. Wouldn't matter what powered them, right. Go ahead. They're great looking cars, but... Is that buyer going to say, all right, I, I, everybody's going electric, I'm going electric, I'm going to stick with the Dodge brand and, and go to their sort of muscle? Yeah. And I, I just, I don't have an answer to that. I don't either. It's like I said, I don't think even the automakers know. They're, I think they're hedging their bets. They're hoping to God that, you know, that they can make, you know, these cool looking muscle car cars that have 
Yes, they have muscle, by God. Uh, George was just talking they about that. Sure saying, 3.4 seconds for a gigantic sedan to 60 miles an hour. My yeah. my Viper was 3.5, you know? But it's not, only, it's not only that they have that, it's that they have such incredible torque that yeah. versus our gas muscle cars, they can hop over other cars. There's so much torque. It's an I interesting know. drive. Well, and again, I, the, the question is, will the audience... Uh, follow them uh this song i'm a believer right so i i don't know if i'm a believer yet that's the thing so let me take a break i I do have a few examples all right i want to hear on the other side hold it not just just knock it off i gotta take a break all right you see how i have to deal with this man (laughs) okay we'll be right back waiting patiently stay with us Getting a new ride is fun. Shopping online for a new car? Not so much. Stop doing the same car search over and over again on multiple sites and try Autotempest.com. See all the cars with one easy search. Our powerful search engine scours all the top car shopping sites, giving you instant results so you can easily browse all the listings with one search. Whether a dream ride, a family hauler, or a work truck, let us help you find your next ride. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Well, you're listening to The Drive All Across America. My odd couple friend, Josh Hancock, on the line. We are the odd couple. You know that, don't you? Uh, <laughs> what the heck? Tomato, tomato, potato, potato, I believe, is our story. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so the question on the other side of the break before we left was, will people follow these automakers into the electric car era? Uh, we, well, t- we talked a little bit about infrastructure. There's just not enough of it right now. Is there enough electricity to go around? I don't know. But well, Those are different issues. I, they so are I different issues. It's true. Stay on the issue at hand. And mm-hmm. I would say this. We have seen, for example, with Ford and with Volkswagen that people are following their brand. They felt more comfortable about buying a Mach-E electric at the Ford dealership because they've done business there. We've heard that continually. With the F-150 Lightning, it turns out that 56% of those buyers are Conquest buyers. They're coming in from other brands, Mm. which is interesting for Ford because they think that's great, but they want to make sure that they're getting F-150 people, so they're a little nervous about that, which which I find interesting. Well, but wait a minute. There's nothing more valuable than Conquest, right? Because that's I a agree. new customer. I so agree. Yeah. But yep. here's a funny thing, and I'm going to be very transparent. Something is happening inside of me when I see the price of these Lightnings coming down, these Lightning, the, the electric F-150 is called a Lightning. When I see right. them coming down, I actually saw one advertised at the local Ford dealer over here where I live for $54,000. And I went, wait a minute. Wow. That's a good deal because I've heard people pay yeah. $50,000 over window sticker to get one. I'm like, all right, that's a fanatic. That's a lunatic fringe fanatic. But yeah. I could because, Josh, you know, where I live, I mean, honestly, if I drive 10 miles in one day, I've taken two trips to work and back. You know what I mean? 
and or yeah. three because I'm two and a half miles to my and then so if I go on a, an errand over here to Home Depot or over there, it's like 20 miles in a day. I could use yeah. an electric vehicle. I could get away with it, but I got to have a truck. So I think right. what's happening right. inside of me is I like the torque. I like the horsepower. I like everything associated with an electric truck. I like that it's got a frunk, front trunk. It's still got a pickup bed. It can tow, but not very much. So I could do this if the price dictated. Now, the problem is the price of these electric cars are not cheap in any stretch of the imagination. I would say this, too. They tow up to 10,000 pounds. Yeah, for 100 the miles. The problem is that it kills their range. <laughs> right. It wouldn't make it for you because you're local there again. Yeah. Even it cuts it in half. You know, they have a 320-mile range on the extended battery. And they talk about that. They say, this truck actually works as a truck. It's got a decent payload in the back. It tows. That's the big difference between the Rivian. And it turns out that the Rivian's bed, are you ready for this? The Rivian's bed is shorter than the new Ford Maverick pickup. Come on. And at least um, Which is a small the truck. Yeah. F-150 is a crew cab with the smaller bed, but that bed is the most popular selling configuration of an f-150 today so you're getting plenty of room back well i just am not sure about the rivian i just honestly i think when subaru made and subaru is a sponsor of our show but when they made that little baja which was a kind of a sedan pickup i thought now that's smart because that's a car company making a little option with a pickup bed it didn't really it didn't fare well you know why? So the, the news is, sorry, uh, we don't care if you finish. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, Go ahead. Go Ford ahead. is bringing back the Ranchero. Oh, no. Did you hear what? What? Wait, hold on. Are you breaking news here? Or are you breaking uh, wind? Which no, are you I'm doing? I'm not breaking any news. It's been in the media. They are bringing back the Ranchero. Really? The Ranchero is a car they, truck. Same as a, It is. Yeah. And it, it first came out in 1957. Ford introduced that in 1957. And GM brought up the El Camino in 1960. And we know this because of the supplier's information. And frankly, uh, Jim Farley, president of Ford Motor Company, brought it up because they have continued to make this body style in Australia. And, of course, Australia's car industry went away both Ford GM and Toyota pulled out of Australia, but they're going to base it off of the current European focus, which is still in production. I have not heard this. I'm glad you're breaking this here. Really? For, for me, at least. Does that have anything to do with the fact that you raise cattle now? And well, I have cows, so I should have a ranchero, okay? Because I'm a rancher. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And can I tell you something? Look at the success of the Maverick, which, as Jim Farley said, even surprised us, yeah. right? Yeah. All right, hold, I, I hold tight. I think the Ranchero would sell. I no, think it would, no too. No doubt in my mind. The reason why, what I was saying about Subaru with their little Baja, which was their pickup truck thing, uh, it just didn't have towing capacity. The bed was a little too small. Right. And it just went away. Now, I personally, I still think they're cool. I like the Rancheros and El Camino. I own an El Camino, an older one. Anyway, we'll take a little break. Come back. Uh, Josh Hancock is with us. JoshCar.com. We'll be right back. Well, you've heard about love and 
Why should you trust Brembo Brakes? Because 60 years of racing, testing, braking, and bettering. Because dogs in the road, indecisive squirrels, and that kid chasing the lost ball. Because tiny humans in the back seat and blind turns in front of you. Because every car should be equipped with the same kind of performance, safety, and comfort that manufacturers and professional drivers trust every day. Visit buybrimbo.com and learn more about the most trusted brakes in braking. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. And Josh Hancock is joining us right now. JoshCar.com, Hollywood car consultant. He's got the inside skinny on what's going on in the car industry from the Hollywood perspective anyway. And what cars are in what movies and the characters that they choose and the cars they choose for those characters. Kind of a fun job. So, Josh, um, you know, I... I, I find myself a bit on the fence with this whole electric car thing. Every now and then, I can see myself doing, like I said, an F-150 Lightning just because I don't drive that much. Purely because I don't drive that much. But when I want to go for a drive, I want to have not only my fuel tank, but I want to have an extra fuel tank, which my truck does have. I have one in the bed of the truck that carries an extra 40 gallons. I have range anxiety. When I'm going to drive from here to Montana, when you're out in, in the, you know, where there's no gas stations, whatever they want to call that, the dead man's land, I don't want to get stuck. So I am a range yeah. anxiety guy from birth. So anyway, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Except you're now telling me that you don't do that a lot and you don't venture that far. You have too much responsibility nearby with all those animals. You're, you're right. not making those long trips, yeah, and you have correct. vehicles to do those long trips. What you need is a vehicle around town that doesn't cost you any fuel. Well, that's why I'm looking at that going, hmm. I would go buy that Lightning if it's at $54,000. <laughs> I know, it's a deal. I had one this summer. I had one in Maine for a week, and I have to say, there was nothing I really didn't like about it because yeah. I love F-150s. So then you make it electric, you make it super fast. Wow, I, I, everything added up in the correct column. I want to bring up that Maserati has announced their first EV, and what's interesting about their first EV is they have freshened the body of their Gran Turismo which is a two-door sports car. So that car comes in a hardtop and a convertible. I think they're going to come out with the hardtop first. But what's interesting is they're going to have both a gas powertrain and an electric. It's going to be your mm. choice. Now, is that because in Europe they've got to satisfy the electric you know, it's going to be law there. And right. here they still would also like to make a Maserati gasoline high-performance motor. And does it make sense to make both? I love that they are going to offer both. And it'll be interesting to see which one outsells the other one. So here's a word that this world is very fond of, choice. And I think it's a smart thing in the car company's position to give people a choice. I think it's brilliant. 
it's an engineering nightmare, I'm sure, to engineer one as an electric and one as an internal combustion. Oh, it, you know. it doesn't make any sense to me, but I love it. And to your point about choice, I think we were going down the road, or I know we were, of making just about everything a plug-in hybrid, meaning yeah. can be operated on batteries, but there's a gas backup motor. And I think we were pushed by the Europeans. They want to outlaw internal combustion engines. We did not have that inkling. We were going to transition, you know, build the infrastructure. We've been pushed by Germany in particular because it's the home of Mercedes-Benz, BMW, Audi, and Porsche. So when all those brands have to go pure electric, the whole world has to react. See, here's what's difficult when I talked about, you know, choice, and I think it's brilliant that they're giving people the choice, but the packaging of the powertrain is so different from an internal combustion engine to an electric vehicle, which yeah. doesn't have an engine. It has motors that are sometimes they're like right at the wheel. You don't have a hood the way you have a hood. You don't have to have a long hood because you have like George was talking about the cab forward design of that Mercedes EQS. The whole right. car design changes because of the packaging yeah. of the power plant. So yeah. I don't know. It's got to be an engineering nightmare to offer the same car with either well, or. I don't know. And look, Ford made a decision to take the existing F-150 and modify it. And they had to modify the frame to put all the batteries in right, there. And right. then they made a frunk out of that space. And they changed the suspension by leaving the truck alone. They saved a ton of development money. And they beat everybody with a real pickup to the market by a year. Right. No, they're smart. I get it. DM with the Ultium platform says, well, we're going to build this platform that's much more efficient and it's going to work for a bunch of cars. And that's why we're coming later. And some are worried that they may be somewhat already outdated by the time they ramp up. Well, that was, you know, Volvo had that problem when they came so late to the party with an SUV because they thought wagons, because the soccer mom wagons from Volvo were around forever. And then they came late with their SUVs, which they seem to do fine with them. And then they're going back now to sedans and things with the Polestar brand and little SUVs. So I don't know what is late to what party? Whose party is it anyway, if you know what I mean? Well, it's actually going to be fun for us to watch this happen. And I, I honestly believe that, that the market will be driven by the consumer. You're, and no, the you're consumer right. Says, and if the consumer says, I still want a gas-powered whatever it is, you know, they'll make it. That's and right. these laws will not, they, they, can, they can get pushed back. They can get delayed. Of course. And that's what will happen. Yeah. So yeah. the question of will the consumers follow the brands that they love and that's i guess that's part of history that we'll have to just watch it unfold thank you josh and i think i, I think that i josh, said thank you josh oh, <laughs> oh, well, thank you thank you for letting me see com. i'm gonna get run over by a commercial <laughs> we'll be right back everybody all right thank you The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. 
Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Well, joining us right now is George Kennedy III, co-founder of Cartender, and we'll find out more about that here in a moment. Uh, he's an automotive journalist freelance. He works for Car Gurus, Boston Globe, U.S. News and World Report, and, you know, he's on the show like every other week or so, or sometimes more often, because we like him, is George Kennedy III. George, you're in uh, Las Vegas today at uh, Digital Dealer. What is that? Yeah, so it's a, it's a conference for dealerships and vendors that serve them, you know, people that use the Internet to, to sell cars. So that's a lot of car sales. Just kind of hearing what the industry is doing on that side of things. Well, is this because of the, your car tender uh, company that you are co-founder of? It is, yeah. So car tender creates ads and generates content for dealerships and the agencies that serve dealerships. Yeah. So we're out here, you know, letting people know what we're capable of. We do all sorts of different types of templates for dealers, like buyback templates, get money for your car type templates, because we know that used cars are at historic highs in terms of valuation. So, right. you know, letting dealers know that they can, you know, get the messaging out there so that when, you know, when incentives come back and cars become more commoditized and they, you know, that there is the messaging there that they can get in front of their, their own, uh, you know, local consumers. All right. So my son is looking at a little RV park and it's got a little motel on it. And he says, so, you know, I'm thinking about doing like an electric charging station because, you know, they pay you to have these things. They pay for everything. They install them and then you get 25% or what? I don't know. He was trying to explain it to me. And I thought, well, yeah, infrastructure, because with all the That's electric cars, hard. right? So he says, I yeah. can make money off of that if I get this place. He's thinking about buying it. And, you know, he's, he's 23 years old, by the way, and he's looking at how do I create a future where the money that he has or the money that he's able to borrow because he's a first time buyer and he's, you know, there's, there's small business loans and things. So he's looking into everything, but he's looking at every aspect of it. He's an entrepreneur. So I was going to say this very entrepreneurial, I'm right? Where he would have gotten that, that yeah, from. <laughs> I know my other job with entrepreneur magazine, by the way, for those that don't know, I do a show for entrepreneur called entrepreneur weekly, but this problem of infrastructure when it comes to charging stations for electric cars, you see nightmare stories of, you know, like with these floods and things that they're having and hurricanes and, you know, you have a hurricane, you can't get a gallon of electricity and take it to your car when it runs out. Sure. So what have you seen there at this digital dealer in the world of uh, whether it be infrastructure or charging or whatever? What are you seeing there? Yeah, so there was one pretty interesting talk in particular talking about the challenges for the road ahead for the electric vehicles. There's, I think, 108,000 charging stations across the, the country, and that roughly comes out to, based on how many cars there are on the road, how many EVs there are, 21 cars per charging port. And, and the, the goal is apparently eight per port, given fast charging. You know, you can cycle some through. So... Based on the math, they're saying there needs to be 478 chargers per day installed over the next 10 years to eventually catch up with demand. So mm. let's let that rattle around for, for a little bit. Right? Wow. 
So, I mean, you so, know, there's all different kinds of charging um, apparatus, I guess you could say. Some that do it quick, some that take overnight. I don't know. I'm not an electric car enthusiast. I don't know that you can be an electric car. Well, I guess you could be an electric car enthusiast. You can yeah. be. There are, absolutely, there are people that I know that are, you know, not into cars in general who are absolutely Tesla, you know, enthusiasts, maybe acolytes, perhaps. Right. But People who are into technology, people who are looking into an emerging mode of transportation, they're excited by it. And, you know, they have reason to be. I, I'm always fascinated by new technology, new engineering, and whatever form that takes. So I'm absolutely interested in it, and I, but I recognize the challenges that are there. Yes. Well, I, you know, I'm glad that this is a, a big topic in these, you know, like this digital dealer thing, because I think it's going to be important for as many electric cars as they're going to build. They're going to really have to, you know, not only educate people about electric cars, but make sure that infrastructure is being brought in from every angle. And fortunately for, you know, people like my son, you know, if you got an RV park or a hotel there's downtime for the car when people are sleeping and when they're resting or when they're, you know, just um, being able to do what they do for business. That's right. Uh, yeah. hotels, hotels and restaurants. Other, yeah. you know, vacation spots. People have kind of, the people that run these have kind of gotten wise to that and have started putting charging stations at their hotels, at their resorts with an eye towards that, which is smart. Right. Right. Well, what else are you seeing over there at the digital dealer that sparks your interest? Just curious. Well, they were, you know, we were also talking about maintenance, right? So, you know, you bring in your conventional gas-powered vehicle, you know, a couple times a year, maybe once a year over the course of 10 to 15 years. That doesn't really happen as much with electric vehicles, but they're, they're looking at tires that could go twice as fast or three times as fast. So, Tire wear is a big concern with all the torque that's being generated. So there's a look at, hey, you know, you might not have the same oil changes or, you know, come in to have your air filter or whatever replaced. But there are other higher priced items that are going to happen just at a, a lower frequency. But it looks like in terms of cost of ownership over a long time, it could even out in the wash. So let me ask you, when you say tires that go twice as fast, are you talking about wear out twice as fast? They or? wear out twice ah, as fast, yes, okay, in some okay. cases. So sometimes it's uneven wear. You know, the tire industry is, is looking very closely at making sure that they're creating tires that match the torque profile of these electric vehicles. So you're not just going to throw the same SUV or road car tires on. There might be new tire products right. specifically designed for the ways that electric cars behave. Well, I remember it's been, gosh, I'm going to say, whew, maybe seven or eight years ago when they started creating tires that had less rolling resistance. Okay? That's right. So you think, well, what creates rolling resistance? Well, spongy, squishy, grippy tires, right? Because yeah, they're right. spongy, squishy, and grippy. And so what happens is you get a you get a harder tire, which creates a harder ride. But you know, then they say those tires last longer because they are harder and they have less rolling. So it guess it depends on if you have a like a Tesla Plaid edition or whatever that has you know the incredible amount of torque, like you're talking about zero to sixty in like under three seconds or something ridiculous. 
Yeah, you have to have special tires for that. So, and I and I can't imagine that they're going to last as long because you're going to be well. Really and I also say too that the Tesla Plaid is a pretty heavy car. You know, the, yeah. the wear on a ten thousand pound or however many pound Hummer EV is going to be different from where I think the real growth in EVs should take place, and that is smaller EVs with a more sensible platform. Right. You know, you're not going to be pulling as many precious metals to develop these batteries. So a Chevy Bolt, Kia EV6, almost being on the the mid to large size for that. The tire is going to be different for those as well. Well, and this this song, Steve Miller Band, Jet Airliner, right? You think about it. Those tires, they don't go very far, but one thing they do is they skid, you know, when they when they're when they hit the ground, that's the first you see the smoke coming out. Specialized tires for airplanes, for EVs, for high torque, high weight EVs. That's what we're talking about. We'll take a little break, come back with more George Kennedy and uh, The Drive. Stay with us. Discover the 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability. Plus, a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com wilderness. Well, you're listening to The Drive. We're talking with George Kennedy III. He's a digital dealer in Las Vegas. And uh, they're talking about all the stuff of the changing world that we're living in today with the electric cars and the, all these, well, all these different options that we have. Now, today, more than ever. Uh, George Kennedy, um, just thinking about, you know, you talked about that Hummer the big electric Hummer, and then you've also now got Ford with the F-150, the Lightning, General Motors has got, I don't know what they call their electric truck. It's kind of... Oh, the Silverado EV and then the Hummer EV on their Altium battery is, platform. That's yeah. what it is, right? Because I thought, it's weird, it doesn't have a truck bed and a cab. It's kind of unibody construction, which is... It's sort of like the... I mean, they had the Chevy Avalanche before. Right, right, right. It's like that, like the Avalanche. Good example. Thank you. But so things are just changing, and we have to now consider what those changes will be. And a lot of times, we don't know what we don't know. If you never owned an electric car, you don't know what kind of maintenance, you know, you should expect. And they were like, oh, there is no maintenance. There's no oil changes. Okay, there's no oil changes. We still got things rotating. And, you know, I mean, you've got stuff going on in there that just has to have some maintenance at some point. It's different maintenance. Yeah, it's a different it's kind a of maintenance. Different cost yeah. profile, I would call. Well, it. and then yeah, you know so. they're, they're they're you know the salespeople are like, oh no problem. If there's a new upgrade on the computer, it goes over the airwaves, and you while you're sleeping and your your car's plugged in just like your phone, it'll upgrade, no problem. Yeah, just you wait till you're sitting at that dealership and they can't find you know the the part whatever it is a some diode or some God known thing that, you know, it's like, well, the, the OTA should completely be able to circumvent any of that, but there are going to be maintenance items like wheels and tires and brakes. Let me tell you, brakes when somebody brakes. tells me there's no maintenance or low maintenance and that the car is kind of bulletproof, you might say, I always go, okay, all right, 
well, I guess I'll believe it when I see it with my own eyes because all I can tell you is when the window motor doesn't go up and down, that's still maintenance. I don't care what you call it. You know what I mean? Right, right. You know, well, that's, when, that's one thing we promote for a car tender when we're talking to our dealer clients is be upfront. Let them know what this is going to be and like what the realities are because it's better to manage those expectations than have them a couple of years down the road come in angry because you know you told them there'd be no maintenance and, and now there are these different items. Yeah, I mean, so it's all about education and transparency. Listen, if the air conditioning doesn't work, if the radio stops, you know, getting your favorite station. I mean, there's a million things that need attention when it stops, and it's not something any of us know how to fix. Anyway, they're just making that point. Uh, speaking of that, now you're you're driving a. A Mercedes EQS. What is that? Yeah, so this is their range-topping flagship electric sedan. It's supposed to be the electric equivalent to the Mercedes S-Class. Mm. It's got that jelly bean look to it, similar to a lot of other cars right now, like the Lucid Air and even the Tesla Model S to a degree. And this is their this is their big boy flagship electric sedan. Mm. Designed in a wind tunnel, as they say, the jelly bean oh, shape. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting because it's a little, it's cab forward. If you remember the uh, the Chrysler 300s or, right. or whatever from the 1990s, it's very cab forward. So when you pull up to something, you can get a little bit closer than you expect. Well, what you're saying is because it doesn't have a big old fat engine out in the front. That's so right. they move the cab forward, which gives you a smaller frunk, which is a front trunk. But then, you know, you have a larger trunk in the back or a hatchback, but you're sitting further forward like a... If anybody's ever driven a Porsche 911, I remember the first time I got behind the wheel and I sat behind the wheel of a 911, an older one, like a, I don't know, a 69 or 70. And I was always used to having a big hood out there. And when you sit in a 911, the engine's in the back and all of a sudden you're looking out the windshield and after the windshield, there's like nothing. It's like you're, you're like, wow, this is so weird. You know, it's a, right. it's a you know, front engine versus rear engine versus, guess what, no engine. Now, electric motors changes the dynamic. The brain has to get used to it a little bit. And that's one cool thing about the electric platforms, electric vehicles in general, is that it opens up all sorts of new packaging options. Right. So you mentioned hatchback. This is a sedan, but it, it has a hatch that goes all the way to the top of the rear window mm. with a massive cargo area. That's so what I figured. Got yeah. tons of front row space, tons of second row space. And room for multiple golf bags. Yeah, well, listen, this packaging situation, the aha moment when somebody looks at the car and goes, that's kind of cool. And then the guy says, yeah, come here around back. And you're looking at a sedan because sedans are going away. I mean, everybody wants the minivans or the SUV. You're looking at a sedan and he goes, boop, and he pops open the back and it's this gigantic cavernous area. And you're like, I could do that. Because what we want right. is we want to take our junk with us, you know? I appreciate the new level of packaging and people like yes, the answer going away, but just, you know, just remember that before the second half of the 20th century, there were all sorts of different types of cars. Right. Like, right. Well, hold on. Know, two doors, three hold door, on. four doors. I hear the boogie oh, wonderland yeah. telling me there's a commercial yeah, break. Lawn delays, whatever. <laughs> we got another uh, segment with George Kennedy talking about this new Mercedes. What is it? It's the EQS. Yikes. We'll be right back. Shopping for cars online is slow. Checking all those different sites one by one, Auto Tempest doesn't like slow. That's why we sponsor NASCAR driver Chris Busher in the number 17 Ford Mustang. 
It's also why we created a powerful search engine that will scour all the top car shopping sites, letting you search used car listings from across the internet in one search. Why waste time searching each site separately? Use Auto Tempest instead. Find all the cars. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Our show brought to you in part by Dodge Domestic, not domesticated. George Kennedy's joining us. George Kennedy works with car gurus, Boston Globe, U.S. News and World Report, and he reports here on The Drive. Um, let's see, George. What was I going to do here? Oh, yeah, I wanted to ask you more about this. Mercedes-Benz EQS. So how much money does one of the... If this is a flagship electric car with a ginormous uh, cargo space repackaged, you know, give me all the... How much is it? How many miles does it get per charge and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, so it starts at $102,000, which in fairness, a regular conventional S-Class, once you add some options, is right up there and you can look at 200000 for the S-Class AMG. Oh. The one we drove was the EQS 584-matic, the AMG version, $120,000. And what that gets you is the dual-motor setup with 277 miles of range. If you went with the EQS 450, the base model, it's hard to call any high-end Mercedes a base model, but the single rear-mounted motor gets you 350 miles of range, which is really good these days. I mean, you'd have to get up to one of the bigger trucks or even like a, a Model S to, to, to rival that. And what the dual motors get you is a 516 horsepower, 631 pound-feet of torque, and a 0 to 60 time of 3.4 seconds. Good Lord, that is so fast. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's um, stick to the back of your seat fast. Well, and like you said, though, now, do you have any idea what this thing weighs? It's, it just, it's, it's a huge sedan, heavy, big battery. But like you were talking about the tires earlier. Think of the torque put on those tires to be able to move that much car without just spinning, you know? Think of the torque. Right. So they have to be specialized tires, but go ahead. What I would say to you, you know, when you, 100% torque is available at zero RPM, but the, the computer doesn't have to deliver that. It can progressively add it. So from a standstill, it might add like, you know, 50 to 80% to make sure that, you're kind of getting a, your rolling start. And then as you, you know, start to speed up, it might add even more to full power. And let me correct myself too: 147,000 for the AMG EQS and 649 horsepower and 700 pound feet of torque. to give you that 3.4 zero to 60. Oh, good Lord. It's incredible. It's, it's a supercar that is comfortable for long drives. It has the massaging seats, heated and cooled, like 22 way, incredibly comfortable okay it's okay got that it should work. right for that much money it should have all that stuff but so you drove it when you were sitting there driving down the road did you think i could do this or did you think wow this is like this is intense technology that just is more than my brain would ever want to have to deal with on well, a daily what, basis what's, what's interesting is the comparison to the s-class because the s-class has gotten so comfortable in its most recent incarnation that when you think about the ways in which an electric car is smooth and it's cornering smooth and it's power delivery, 
from a tactile driving standpoint, mm. it's a decent transition from an S-Class to an AMG EQS. So this one was an AMG EQS, the one you drove? Yes. Oh, yes. So, so this was the top tier oh, AMG geez. EQS sedan. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, it's got the drive modes with the, it has uh, adaptive suspension. So you flip it over to sport mode and the steering stiffens up, the ride stiffens up and it becomes a pretty agile car for its weight. Yeah. It just to me is, gosh, you know, I mean, I love simplicity. And when you have all this technology that is just it's like it's begging to give you a problem. And that's how I feel. Owning older car I own an older well, there are, Mercedes there are right now. Plenty of cars that are oh. that are that have internal combustion engines that are ripe with problems. Oh I no, I get um, it. But it's it, here's the thing. It's a lot of new technology and I think that if you have to ask how much with this car, with cars like this, with any of them, if you have to ask how much, you can't afford it and you probably won't buy it anyway. It's for well, those I, I honestly you know I the elite. You know. 140 for a Mercedes isn't that bad when you look at other, like a Porsche Panamera, yeah. with, you know, a turbo, 140, 150, 180,000 dollars. I know. Right? So no, no, again, it's not no. out of the realm of possibilities. I would say, yeah, this is, you know, we're we're wet, what two percent of the market? But exactly. Things don't happen. Things don't happen overnight, yeah, right? No, and I, if you don't try something new. You know, if we didn't try this whole thing called automobiles, we'd still be riding horses. No, 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 right? no. I get it. I get it. But it's uh, it's certain things are beyond my taste buds, and this is perhaps one of them. George, well, and that's that's what I, I argue for: smaller electric cars yeah. like the Kia uh, EV6 and the, the Chevy right. Bolt and others like You're it. You're going to get me in trouble. The news is going to run <laughs> us over. George Kennedy, car tender, car guru's Boston Globe, U.S. News and World Report. Um, Mercedes-Benz EQS AMG. Check it out. We'll be right back with more. Stay with us. Thank you, George. Thank you. Shopping cars online is a hassle, or is it? You probably search this site, that site, browse here, search there. Who has the time or the patience? Autotempest.com is the Internet's best car shopping tool. With one easy search, see all the cars from the web's top car shopping sites all at once. Why browse some of the cars when Autotempest.com gives you everything? Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television, and radio host, Alan Taylor. All right, I have a trivia question. It's a trivia question. It just came to me, so I don't even know the answer myself. I would like to know, in case somebody knows, maybe BJ Colleen knows because she's on the line right now, what was the name or kind of car George Jetson had? Right? Did they ever say them? Well, I don't know. Wouldn't that be great to actually know somebody? There's got to be some trivia person out there. That, 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 yeah. So uh, the drive at I, allentaylor.com. See if you know it, send it to us somehow. 
I don't know the name of the car, but I know it probably had some Spacely Sprockets in it. Yes, Spacely you know, that's, Sprockets. Spacely Sprockets, because that's where George worked. So don't God you knows love what that. they did with those things. So. I know, right? It's just so good. Well, as you know, we've been talking about a bunch of electric cars and stuff, and that just seems to be the theme lately that everybody wants to talk about, or has to because of you know what's going on in our crazy world, but... Anyway. Yeah, I heard you and Josh and George talking about EVs, but how about we switch? That's well, fine. Let's zip away for Please. a while. What do you think? Yeah, I, that All would right. make me happy. Well, I have a little mini test drive, and by mini test drive, not just meaning short, it means it's on a mini. Oh, a mini Cooper. Yes. Yeah. So I get a chance to drive the mini Cooper Countryman which uh, is the one that's a little bit bigger right. and it had all four, which means it came with all wheel drive. But I love that many calls it a crossover SUV, but it's not even as tall as a Kia Soul. All right. <laughs> it's like two inches shorter than a Kia Soul. So you can't just throw the name crossover SUV at everything because it doesn't stick, right. especially not in this vehicle. So mini Cooper, for those of you that know, you know, originally started off as a, as a British brand and they were little tiny cars and, They've been growing over the years, just like the rest of us, right? Growing over the years. And this, the Countryman's one of the bigger vehicles that they have. You know, I use that word bigger in quotes. But right. it has a, a real tailgate in the back. And they think it's crossover, but it's not even close to a crossover. Well, well, it's just well, a little just, bit bigger mini. Let's talk about this for a minute. What year was it, if you remember, that you and uh, I and my son and our dear departed friend, went to Ireland to go on the Mizzen to Malin Mini Cooper Rally with all the little original minis when they launched it again. Do you remember? Yes, and we had, we had a blast. I remember that much. But um, I, I think in 2000 or ni- 1998 or 9, am no, I right no, or wrong? No, it was, I think, 2001. Okay, right around there. Right okay. around there because right. of the age of my son at the time. And, and didn't Mini come out in 2002? It had to be before 9-11, though. Right. It would have because, been before 9-11. Yeah. So, yes. yeah. So either end of 2000, beginning of 2001. So, it's, uh, yeah, that was a fun trip. I'll that was a fun that, trip. So. You know, it's funny. I remember thinking to myself, you know, all these original minis, the, um, what are they? Were they Morris? No, Austin Mini is what it was. Right. And uh, they were so tiny in comparison to this new Mini Cooper that was so big, right? Because, of course, we went to England and then over to, uh, to Ireland. And it just seemed like it was such a big car. And, of course, when you set one next to the original Mini, it is kind of a bigger car, but it's still a Mini. They're still very small. To your point, they're calling it a crossover SUV, this Countryman. I don't know why they do that. No. That, that causes confusion <laughs> to me. But anyway, continue on. Probably because there's really no other category that it fits in. Right. You know, it's right. like you want to call it a, you know, it can't be a micro Mini because it's not that small, but it's right. like a... Uh, a or a B class car, but the Countryman is a little bit bigger, and the price starts about thirty four nine, and with the all four optional all wheel drive, it's about thirty seven. So these vehicles aren't oh, cheap anymore. I think gosh. everybody knows that. Mini, you know, BMW is a parent company of Mini, and you can see it in a lot of the vehicle. You know, the quality, the materials right. is good. They use that electronic shifter that we learned. You know, BMW started using years ago. Right, and it's a, it's a pretty decent vehicle, but it is woefully underpowered. Huh. It's got a, a 1.5 liter turbo, and it's 134 horsepower and 162 pound feet of torque. And when you add the all wheel drive in, you're talking about oh, over 3,500 pounds. So the car doesn't scoot. 
with that kind of low horsepower. Right. Now they have the John Cooper Works models that are going to get you a little bit more horsepower, yeah, but it's a very heavy car, yep. slow to accelerate. Closer, and, uh, and I was going to say yes. closer, probably closer to 200 horsepower. That's my guess. I don't know what the Would John Cooper. Yes. You know, then yes. then you're talking. But what's interesting is. I don't know. Am I getting old? Or, I mean, I know I've got dementia or pre dementia anyway, but $37,000 sounds like a lot of money. Now, let's talk about this more on the other side. BJ Colleen joining us, the voice of reason in my automotive world. Thank God for BJ. We'll be right back. It is the drive. Of your heart strength that plays soft and low. You know, the night's magic seem to win. The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And our show is brought to you in part by Subaru. Love. That's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. Joining us right now is BJ Colleen, my longtime friend, automotive journalist, and uh, professional automotive person. I don't know what else to say. I mean, you're just, uh, you and I, at this point in our lives, like, do I really care about the title? You know, it's like, no, we just, we are what we are, you know, <laughs> anyway, Thank you for saying long time friend and not old friend. I appreciate yes. Long that. time <laughs> friend. That's right. I remember, sure, by the way, yeah. before we get going, I remember meeting BJ many, 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 many moons ago. I think it was in Detroit and we kind of hit it up and we were laughing and joking and making fun of the things in life that are kind of obvious that people kind of go, oh, oh, you can't say that. And BJ and I <laughs> would just say it and then we'd laugh and we ended up sitting next to each other. And one of the most shocking things that happened to me in my life was that I was sitting right next to BJ and she puts her hand on my leg. And I went, (laughs) she just did that right there, started laughing. She started laughing. And it was like, and I started laughing. And then she goes, you are so much fun. And it was just, it's like our friendship has endured so much insanity. But the funny thing is we are busy laughing at life all the time. Yes. And I think that hand on your leg has been a running joke for all these years because every time I do it, you just start cracking up. I, I can't just help it. It's so funny. It's just I think you met in an auto show, didn't we? Yeah. Or, I don't even it remember. It was the New York or it's, the Detroit yeah. auto show, one of the two. Yeah, something like that. But we just instantly hit it off and it was fun. So it's been fun ever since. Oh, too, so, and so then we, sure. we had, remember yeah. we used to do a thing, a segment on the show called I hate Tesla. Remember, we actually used to do that. I used to go, it's time for the I hate <laughs> I Tesla. I still do when I get a chance. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we've done such stuff that is just so un-PC. But anyway, talking about un-PC, oh. a crossover SUV called a Mini. The Mini Cooper right. Clubman, you've been driving it. You said it's 37000 bucks all decked out the way no, out. No, I'm driving the country man, not the club man. Oh, so. the country man. And there's a confusing yeah. thing. Could they have just one oh, man absolutely. in their life? 
Gosh, you know, know. anyway. I know. And you go to the website and you're even like, what am I looking at? It's just very confusing. It's not very clean. So, And, you know, and, and I know some people like quirkiness in a car. And Mini is kind of about quirkiness. But the cuteness of quirkiness ends when it's not logical. And to me, that's that's this vehicle. I don't like the buttons. They're, you know, I know they're designed to kind of look like the old models, but I've never liked the buttons. Um, they finally put the speedo in front of you instead of off to the side, but now it's just a giant <laughs> screen where you put all your connectivity stuff. And, right. and like you, you load up Apple CarPlay, you know, you plug my phone in, and usually you have to pair your phone, but it came up my phone, but then all of a sudden it opens every app on my phone, Pandora and iHeartRadio and everything. So when I get in the car... I have to unpair all those things. Otherwise, it's going to start streaming and using my data. And oh. it's just the most frustrating thing I've ever seen in my life. It's just, it's typical BMW engineering frustration. <laughs> and I, you know what I'm talking about. I yeah. guess you have to own it, but I don't think I would ever get used to it. It's crazy. The one thing that was nice, though, I, I was driving it when I was out of town. And it was cold in the Chicago area, so I turned on the heated seats. And within like 30 seconds, I thought my butt was going to catch on fire. They were that hot. <laughs> right. I, I, you know me, I'm always cold. I always have to have the heated seats on. I actually turned them off. Oh. I, it was so hot. I, I don't know what it blown is. Away. Listen, since we're talking about butts, let, let's only have this opportunity. <laughs> I don't know why, but when I use a heated seat, it makes me have to go to the bathroom. I don't know why. It's like... Uh, <laughs> It's like a reflux where my reflex where my body goes, okay, find a toilet, you know? So, but yeah, that's why when I get the heated seats, I'm like, don't turn mine on, whatever you do, especially on a long trip. Anyway. Well, that's something we used to do. If you remember, that was half the fun of going on press trips is when the other, when the driver wasn't looking, the passenger would turn on their heated seat. And, you know, after a couple of minutes, you see them squirming and they can't figure out why they're all warm and sweating. And then they look down and see that you flipped on their heated seat. Oh, like, no. Sorry, you know I'm what? I'm guilty of that. I now know that I could, that's uh, 10 years ago, I had that horrible, <laughs> I had to go to the bathroom and then we were in Hawaii and nowhere to go. Anyway, that's fun. And now, so oh, did, there's did, tons of places to go in Hawaii. Otherwise, yeah, another we could pull up next to a bush. The other thing is, did it drive good? I'm sure it did because they're a good car all in all. It's just the idiosyncrasies of some of these little machines. Yeah, you know, you think it would, and it was okay. It's just that it was so heavy yeah. and so slow to accelerate. You know, I mean, yeah. the handling was okay. It was under-tired. It had 17-inch wheels and tires. And, yeah. You know, this wasn't the top-of-the-line model by any stretch, but still, it just, you know, good seats and everything, but it just, I, you wouldn't catch me in one of these. And you're right, it's an expensive vehicle for what it is. So. All right. Well, it's the, uh, the Mini Cooper Countryman. I guess uh, no thumbs up, no thumbs down, just the word barf. We'll just leave it at that. We'll be right back. It is The Drive. Stay with me. I love it. Love game and tuition. Play the cards with space to start. And after- Discover the 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability. Plus, a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com slash wilderness. Welcome back to... The Drive. 
Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Our show brought to you in part by Dodge Domestic. Not domesticated, like, like me. I guess you would consider me domesticated at this point. Um, I wear I wear a cooking smock. I've, I've become much more domesticated, BJ. Um, You've always been. Hey, wait a minute. Those are fighting words. <laughs> You've been married like 900 years. You have 19 kids. Trust me, you're domesticated. <laughs> oh, it's true. It's true. You know what? God bless my wife, Jan. She is a good woman. I just figured that out after 40 years. She's a nice person. <laughs> I told her the other That's day, good. I said, you know what? I think I'm going to keep you. Yeah. Because I was fishing and I was, I was throwing some fish back. I'm like, this one's too small. That one's too small. But I think I'm going to keep you. You're pretty good. Anyway. Did she say she was going to keep you too or throw you back? No, I was on a I was on a FaceTime call. She hung up on me. I haven't talked oh. to her since. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so it. you got news. BJ Colleen always brings the news to the table. What news do you have for us? Well, you know, it's funny you were talking about that mini for that kind of price. And Cox Automotive Kelly Blue Book basically said that the average price of a vehicle purchased vehicle, and I'm not talking a luxury car. I'm just talking non luxury. In August was $48,301. Can you believe that? I know. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I don't know how ordinary people are affording cars. They're making the loans now for eight years. And I'm hearing from people that are purchasing vehicles. Their payments are seven, $800 a month. Well, let me tell you. Why are you doing that? Let me tell you. And uh, I believe, this is my feeling, and I could be wrong, that a lot of baby boomers, you and I are baby boomers, we went through a really halfway decent time in history and made money and retained some money. And then, of course, real estate prices went up and, you know, there's a, a lot of ways stock market went up. All these things went up. And so we have a little bit of money and we're buying ourselves some nicer things. Now, there's a lot of us out there, by the way. And so, for example, I decided, I'm 62 years old. I decided I really want a Jeep. So, as you know, in 2021, I bought a Jeep Gladiator, which I wanted a Jeep, but I still needed a truck, so I bought a Gladiator. And in 2021, I paid $52,800 for my Jeep Gladiator. Uh, Right? (laughs) That's nuts. I'm sorry. I know, right? But I'm not done. So, I loved on it for 6,000 miles, and then a friend of mine... He says to me, so how do you like that Jeep Gladiator? And I said, you know what? I love it. I just love it. Except my sister, she loved the one with the V6 diesel in it, which she calls me one day and she goes, what kind of gas mileage are you getting? I said, I don't know, 15, 16 miles a gallon. And she goes, what about on the highway? I said, well, you know, maybe 18, 19. And she goes, I've just come back from a trip and I got 29 miles to the gallon with my Jeep Gladiator with a diesel. And I went, 29 miles to the gallon? That ain't right. (laughs) So I thought, well, I, you know, I got to think that that's, you know, there's a lot of torque and everything. So I decided when my friend asked me, how do you like it? I said, I love it. You want to buy it? And he goes, well, yeah, I do. He goes, are you serious? I go, yeah, I'll sell it to you for what I paid for it. So he wrote me a check right on the spot, wealthy guy, wrote me a check. I went down and paid it off. Of course, I'm not that rich. <laughs> so I paid it off. <laughs> but listen to this. Here's what happened. Stupid me. When I did that, it was right when there was a big old fat shortage of all these vehicles with the chips and everything. And then the price went up on the Jeeps. 
I had to pay $58,000 for mine, where I paid $52,000, almost $53,000, $5,000 more. Now, there's a little more for the diesel, of course, and I got a Rubicon, and this time I got heated seats that I'll never use because it makes me have to go poop, but, <laughs> <laughs> but the payment is $950 a month. It's absurd. That's it's absurd. completely... That's what people pay for... We used to pay for their apartment. Yeah, my house payment was $800 a month up until a few years ago. And the only reason why I bought it is I'm a baby boomer and my house payment's coming to an end because, you know, I've been paying on it for a long, a doggone long time. But 900 I thought to myself, what have I done? I've gotten myself into a five-year payment on a stupid Jeep that's $950 every now and then. So then I go down and I eat Twinkies and maybe some Ho-Hos and I forget all about it and everything's better comfort food <laughs> it's amazing what a good twinkie and a good hope can do for you right <laughs> i'm sorry a ho-ho chocolate ho ding dongs are good too but anyway yeah, ding dongs are good <laughs> anyway you got you got <laughs> about saying, a it's, minute it's the price of vehicles is ridiculous yes and it is the luxury average luxury prices are sixty-five thousand. so i you know i was thinking about getting a car and i'm just gonna pay this one off as i go into the sunset of my years i want zero payments except oh. for my house and utilities, and then I'm done. You know, yeah. I, I just don't want to deal with car payments anymore. Well, so. I, the only thing is that since I use this for work, I think I, I got to be able to figure out a way to write that off. My tax man says, you're going to have to come talk to me about this because it's not the GVW. You got to buy like a three-quarter ton truck if you want to write off the, you know, the, all these different write-offs and ways of writing off thing. I'm an entrepreneur. I'll figure it out. Don't you worry about it, people. I will figure well. it out. <laughs> I'm going to spend my time in the casino because I hit a couple of good jackpots these past couple of weeks. So I love it. That's where I'm going to quit work and just start making money as a professional gambler. What do you think? Um, you could do it. If anybody could do it, it's you. <laughs> All right. Thank you, BJ. Thanks, Alan. Oh, does anybody else tell what their car payment is like I do and that they have to go poop? I, I don't know. I, I think that's just me. I'm just a transparent guy. Hey, who turned on my heated seats again? What's going on here? I didn't know my officer had a heated seat. I gotta go. We'll be right back with Dan Sandberg. Stay with us. Getting a new ride is fun. Shopping online for a new car? Not so much. Stop doing the same car search over and over again on multiple sites and try Autotempest.com. See all the cars with one easy search. Our powerful search engine scours all the top car shopping sites, giving you instant results so you can easily browse all the listings with one search. Whether a dream ride, a family hauler, or a work truck, let us help you find your next ride. Autotempest.com. All the cars. One search. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. And joining us right now is my friend, the former president and CEO of Brembo Brakes, Brembo North America, Dan Sandberg. Hey, Alan. How you doing, How Dan? You? Yeah, I'm doing good. Hey, you know, I got a question for you. You were an attorney before you were in the car business, right? Yes. So I, I've got a question here about something that I read. It's like I read this big old long um, press release from an automaker, okay? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And and normally, you know, you know me, I'm ADD. I got you know attention deficit, whatever it's called, because I can't even remember because I forgot because that's how short my attention is. I didn't even read that. But I read this whole thing all the way to the bottom. Wow. And yeah, and it was a long press release. And, and I'm I, cause, impressed. Because <laughs> I was I was like pretty interested. And, and I'll, I'll tell you what it is. But here's what is at the bottom, which made me go, there it is. Here it is. Cautionary note on forward-looking statements. Ah, uh, okay. You've yeah. probably seen this. Let me just yeah. read this to you because this is quite hilarious. Because this, to me, is the world we live in right now. It says, this press release and related comments by management may include forward-looking statements, in quotes, within its meaning of the U.S. federal securities laws. Forward statements are any statements other than statements of historical fact. Well, that's kind of any time you talk about what you're going to do and what you think the outcome is. It can't be historical because you don't know. You don't know yet. Right. So but this is what's funny. Forward looking statements represent our current judgment about possible future events and are often identified by words such as you ready for this? Anticipate appears approximately believe continue could design effect estimate evaluate expect forecast goal initiative intend may objective outlook plan potential priorities project pursue seek should target win will would or the negative of any of the words similar expressions and it goes on and on and on it's like wait a minute Basically, that whole thing I just read in the gigantic, long, you know, press release basically means, hey, guess what, guys? We're going electric. Maybe. I think. Uh, kind of. I mean, that's what the, <laughs> the securities laws now have. You put that at the bottom. And in basically what it's telling everybody is, is don't listen to anything you hear about the future unless we really tell you for sure we're going to do it yeah. in the future. Uh. And if you're in a conversation or you're reading anything – they put that clause in. It's a little safe harbor provision yep. that, uh, you know, basically is use caution about believing anything you read. And, you know, I've always told you that, Alan. Don't well, believe anything you read right. on the Internet. Well, and that's true. And it's pretty much with anything. You have to take everything in life with a grain of salt. But what I realize is, and this is, of course, this is at the bottom. And, and no, no slam on General Motors because, like you said, this is going to be at, at the bottom of every Press Every release. public company will list that underneath. Yeah, exactly. So General Motors' new energy ecosystem will give customers control of their energy needs and help mitigate effects of power outages. So I want to talk about this. But mm-hmm. this also makes me think about when you hear these automakers saying, we're going all electric by 2025 or 2035 or whatever it is. And then you remember all those, where's that statement again? You know, maybes and kindas and should haves and outlook and plan and initiative. And all, they're, all they're doing to you, Alan, is telling you what their intention is. Right. But as you know, I mean, you're a businessman, you know. Intention is exactly that. It's, I'm kind of going in this direction, but the road may be closed ahead of me, you That's know. Right. Or right. two roads may be closed. Or I may run out of gas. That's or right. You know, the weather may get bad and I may have to change my intentions. So got to be very careful before you apply your money yeah. uh, to these companies based on a statement that they're making. It's, it's ca- you got to be cautious. That's right? right. Well, here's what's going on with them. And this is actually, I think, 
kind of one of the smarter things that General Motors is doing. And I, Mark Royce, who you know, who is mm-hmm. the president of General Motors, he posted this earlier this week. And basically it says GM Energy will consist of Ultium Home, Ultium Commercial, and Ultium Charge 360, expanding business opportunities to include energy management services and drive growth beyond the core vehicle portfolio. So General Motors is going into energy now, energy solutions. You know, you and I have talked about this, I think, a number of times, maybe not on this show, but, uh, you know, every auto manufacturer, every auto supplier wants to try to leverage some of the technology they have and, and, and all the manufacturing they do and all these costs, right? And when you look at the auto business, they're making batteries. They're doing a lot of things that are not only applicable to auto, right? Right, right. And it's a great way to diversify what they say out of our core business. But, you know, they want to do something outside of auto. Yeah. Right. They want to be more relevant. And, you know, if you look at big companies who've done wonderful jobs of building themselves into their their lifestyle, take Apple, for example. All right. It's not just a phone. It's not just a computer. It's everything. Right. It's your calendar. It's uh, your communication. It's uh, a credit card. Yeah, Apple Pay. Exactly. Your uh, music. They're building themselves into their lifestyle, and GM wants to do that, too. I think Tesla wants to do that, too, right? Yeah. They want to build that infrastructure into your house so you have a GM house or you have a Tesla house or you have a, you know. And I hate to say it. I mean, I would suspect that you'll start to see Apple do the same thing, you know, and Google and everything else. You can see everybody's making a move to try to, you know, to try to get into electrification to a full extent. You know, will we, you know, that's always the question, right? Will we have a car at the end of the day or will this be a, you know, e-device with wheels? Ooh. Well, I remember it was, I don't know, before the pandemic 20, maybe 18, probably you and I were together at the Detroit Auto Show. Volvo was there with no cars. Remember that? Yep. They didn't have cars. It was not about the car. It was about the fact that you don't have to own a car. You can basically kind of sign up for a car like your phone, your your car, like the phones. Okay, you think you own it, but really, you know, um, you, I guess you do, but you kind of don't. So it's the same way with the cars. It's like we're going to make cars, but we're also going to make it to where you can just, you know, gosh, when you're done with this one, you just bring it in and we'll trade you off for this next one. And if you need a uh, a wagon one month, you know, you sign up for a wagon. If you need a, a full-size vehicle or a, a smaller car. And it's so it's, yes, it is changing to this kind of 360, like uh, Detroit here, it's called Ultium 360. Now, this is what it says about this. GM's energy-connected product and service offerings are designed to offer cohesive energy management for, as you said, Dan, home, commercial, and EV customers. Mm. So it's really, like you said, they are making it to where General Motors is a solution company, and they're providing power and not only the power but the platform that the power can run through right so electronics and technology and then the machinery also that it will power you down the road or power you in your home it actually is kind of interesting and and i'm i'm kind of glad because it seems like some of these car companies have been losing their way lately they're not sure what they're going to be or who they're going to be 
Well, know? and I I hate to say it, I don't I don't know if GM exactly knows what they're going to be either at no, this point. That's kind of well, it, but they you No, know, I mean, I was as you know, I have my Rivian on order. Yeah. I'm getting closer, you know, getting some emails now and whatever. But, yeah. you know, when you when you start to get into it, the, the, the bolts and nuts, right? The first thing is I got to get a charger installed, right? Yeah. So I have this little questionnaire they send, and they start asking some interesting questions. I mean, they're asking me, do I have enough power in my house? Right. Right? Given the number of air conditioners, I have a hot tub, how many refrigerators oh, do I have? Oh, imagine if you don't. Then you are really... You are really exactly. screwed at that point. Think of all of the revenue opportunities, all right? Not that GM's going to start making uh, fuse boxes and, you know, electrical things. Right. But if they were to enter into an alliance with a company globally, you know, that can that can install and half these people. I mean, I have a friend of mine who just bought a Tesla and uh, he had to get additional power in his That's house. what I'm saying. And that's yep. expensive. Hold tight. We'll talk more on the other side. Dan okay. Sandberg is here. We're talking about... This kind of electric world that we're launching off into. The Jetsons. We'll be right back. Why should you trust Brembo Brakes? Because 60 years of racing, testing, braking, and bettering. Because dogs in the road, indecisive squirrels, and that kid chasing the lost ball. Because tiny humans in the back seat and blind turns in front of you. Because every car should be equipped with the same kind of performance, safety, and comfort that manufacturers and professional drivers trust every day. Visit buybrimbo.com and learn more about the most trusted brakes in braking. If you put your ear to the ground and in this new electrified world, that's what it sounds like right there. The walls are pulsing with energy. <laughs> you had your ear to the ground? I don't have my ear to the ground. I don't trust putting my ear to the ground. Right. Some would crawl in it. <laughs> last time I saw you, you had some like dust and like dirt. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't mention it, but I was just... Dan thinking. Sandberg, spending too much time with him, I guess. Yes, no, I, I do. I. You know what? Life has changed. Let's just keep talking about this. Because these are conversations that need to be had. You live in, well, you know, we played the song on the way out from, uh, who was that? That was uh, Kid Rock, Detroit City or something. You live not in Detroit, but you live in Michigan near Detroit. Mm -hmm. And you worked there. You were the president and CEO of Brimbo North America, Brimbo Breaks. And the world, I mean, you kind of got out, I think, you kind of got out at a really good time. Because you, you and I got to experience muscle cars at their finest. Now, people will say, ha ha, you think you experienced them at their finest, but we're about to go into a whole new realm. And I'm like, okay, you go ahead, Captain Kirk. Beam me away, Scotty. I'm not ready for that. I, you know, I liked muscle cars. I really enjoyed them. And the new muscle cars are going to be, I think, more electric than they are internal combustion. So it's a, it's a, that's a different dynamic. Different, totally. Ever get the yes, the acceleration, the G force. It's amazing. Yes, but the handling 
is just not the same. Well, right? I, it's, the handling, it's, the, the the sound, I mean, and, and Dodge, I think Dodge has done the best job of anybody putting the synthesized sound, which I thought, that is cool. Because, yeah, you know, yeah. the other ones are like, my daughter has a, uh, she's got a, the Plymouth minivan. I can't think which it is now, but it's the Plymouth minivan. Mm-hmm. Is it Plymouth or is it no? It's Do- is it Dodge? Whatever is it, it is. Is it a caravan or what it's is it? uh no? It's a uh, uh, whatever it is. You know, it's the Dodge yep. version yep. of the. Anyway, yeah, I guess I might. Uh, you know what? Somebody come over here and slap me in the head. My dementia is coming back. But anyway, the thing it's a hybrid, and she loves it. But when she starts the car up, well, you know, it's just you push a button, and the car no, doesn't have to start. The car is just on. It's on, but it makes this synthesized noise that, honestly, it sounds like I'm in uh, 2001 Space Odyssey, and it's it's this crazy kind of scary spaceship noise. And there's a little kind of something sexy to it because it's like, what do you got there? What's under the hood of that thing? You know, what do you put in it? Beer and sandwiches, you know, like uh, Back to the Future. But I guess I'm, I feel like I've been in the best of the auto industry and maybe it'll be better. I don't know, Dan, what do you think? Maybe it'll be better as it goes, continues from here. Here's my theory, Alan. You think about this for a second, all right? You and I get to drive really all sorts of different cars, right? That have tremendous handling, tremendous horsepower, a lot of torque. You know what I mean? Really fun you know, fun cars to drive, right? That's what you and I define as fun. And I think what's happening when when somebody buys an electric car now, right, and gets so infatuated with that G-force, that acceleration. I mean, I was I was with my friend I was telling you about who got this uh, Model Three Tesla Model Three, right? And we're driving on the expressway, and this guy has never been a, you know, exceptional. You know, it wasn't a sports car driver or anything. You know, he had a, you know, a, a Ford, uh, you know, SUV or something like that. Um, but he was so excited about this car and continuously kept flooring it. You know, like you and I have done several times <laughs> right. okay, with Mustangs and things like that. All right, but just love that G-force, and I think in a lot of cases, a majority of the people who drive cars have never really experienced. Great handling, great acceleration, you know, that, yeah. that thrill of driving. By the way, failure on the part of the old automakers, they really didn't understand what what the customer needs. By know, the way, what? that uh, phone call that just came in was uh, Chrysler calling saying that my daughter owns a Chrysler Pacifica Pinnacle serial number. Oh, I better not give that away. Uh, yeah, see, they listen. Uh, just so you know, it's a hybrid. She loves it. We'll be right back. More Dan Sandberg. Stay with us. The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. It is the drive. That is the sound of the electric car era smashing us in the face. It's here. You just can't find anywhere to plug them in when you're on the road right now. Well, there's a few places, but that's a problem. Right, Dan? Dan Sandberg joining us. 
So uh, you didn't answer my question, though. What do you think of my theory? Have uh, the OEs, I mean, because we always talked about it before electric started to, you know, eke out its head. We would go yeah. to all these car shows and say, how come people don't like cars anymore? Did the OEs, all right, the manufacturers, really screw this up and not give the consumer what they wanted uh, in the past? No well, brain, no acceleration. Yeah. Um, well, you know? you know, I mean, and I hate to say this, and there's going to be a lot of people that aren't going to like this comment, so get ready. The greenies had a lot to do with that. The ones, you know, it's like when a Corvette was 190 horsepower or something with a V8 engine. And, you know, it was all of the emissions and all of the garbage. But you know what? The engineers overcame that because they made, they came up with better fuel efficiency through the fuel injection systems. They came up with better catalytic converters and ways of cleaning the exhaust. Our air is cleaner today than it's been in a million years, if you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And so it isn't because our cars are creating too much gases and whatever. It's really the factories around the world that are in the third world countries that are not as under the control of the government as we have been. But the electric car, people act like, well, if you have an electric car, then you're, you know, you're driving green. Well, it's not entirely true. And we've talked about this on this show many a time. And so that has yet to be resolved yet. The electricity, yes, while you're driving it, maybe while that moment, while you're driving it, that's oh, clean. That's you know, definitely cleaner. But how are you going to make that electricity? Right. You, it's got to be made. The batteries have got to be, everything's got to be made. And that's where the exhaust and all the emissions and all that are, are happening. So we have not yet gotten there. Now, to your point, did they leave us by not making cars that, you know, we were passionate about? I think there was a little period of time there. And that's why, you know, your and my friend, Tim Kaniskis, the guy who's in charge of passenger cars over at uh, Stellantis, which was FCA, which was Chrysler, the guy who brought us the, you know, the, the Hemi engines and the, the Challengers and the Chargers and all these, you know, the Demon version of the Charger, Challenger, and, you know, all these awesome machines of Vipers and all these... This guy who was responsible for these things and keeping them much longer than they should have, that guy ignited something right before we're about to lose it all. Yeah. And so what's happened is Jay Leno said this. Thank goodness. Jay Leno is so smart. I got to tell you, I love the guy. He says, these electric cars are going to make more, ready for this, more car enthusiasts. Not because of the electric cars, but they're going to look back and go, oh, my God, we had it so good with all these awesome muscle cars, the Ford GT500, the GT, the Viper, the Charger and the Camaros and, you know, all these awesome cars that we had. And even the car companies like, you know, Lexus made the uh, whatever it was that had the F behind it, which was for fast or whatever <laughs> you want to say it was for. But, you know, BMW with the M, Mercedes with AMG. And, you know, earlier on the show, we talked about the Mercedes-Benz EQS AMG. And, you know, we're talking 150000 bucks for an electric car. And, you know, 0 to 60 in 3.4 seconds for a big old sedan. That's all in butt. But it still misses something, in my opinion. There's something visceral about an internal combustion engine that you, no matter what synthesized sound you put to it, 
it's not real and we know it's not real it's kind of like the hollow deck on the enterprise you know it's not you're real not making fire you know what i mean yeah you're not making fire yeah, it's right cooking on a gas barbecue versus cooking on an electric stove <laughs> you know that's cooking on a you know a real wood burning or a charcoal grill right 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 that there's a flavor to it Exactly. Yeah, you know, and yeah. you don't, I don't get to make fire. Yeah, that's exactly you know? right. I don't know, you know, but hey, we're also, we're the old guys now. You know, even though you and I are both young at heart, we're the old guys. The young people love these electric cars. They just think it's so cool because, you know, it's not something, you know, remember with Oldsmobile, this is not. It's all the same things that you and I like. Right. It's not your dad's Oldsmobile. I mean, yeah. I stuck the same guy who was in his Model 3 in my BMW. I put it in sport plus mode and I said, let's drive. And he drove that car. And after he got done, he said, you know, that's kind of cool. <laughs> you know, he, was, he was surprised that a gas powered engine yeah. could feel the same as his electric. No. That's my that's my point. Well, at, at the end of the day, we are moving into a new era and we're just going to have to get used to it. And it's going to take a little time. Dan, thanks for hanging with me for a half hour. Always fun, Alan. Always fun. We will talk to you again soon. And uh, that's it for me, you guys. I got to go tend to my cows. You do. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you next week. (laughs) See you then. Discover the 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability. Plus, a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com wilderness.